Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Tales. This is Mummy Work Okay, thanks. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. Thank you so much for being here this week. I have a beautiful birth story to bring you today from Mama Courtney. But before we jump into that, uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Your Birth Project, which is my online hypnobirthing course designed to help you create your best birth, and the online store, which has everything you need for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. So make sure you go and check it out at Your Birth Project on Instagram or www.yourbirthproject.com. I am re-recording the course very soon, so it's going to have all new refreshed content and that will more than likely bring a little price increase just to reflect um, what's going on in the course and what it offers. So if you want to get the course before that, make sure you head to the website um, yeah, as soon as you can because that will be coming very soon. You will have access to all of the new content um, as well when that's released. But regardless, you get access to the course for 12 months. You can access it as many times as you like in that 12 months and it will help you to create your best birth. So make sure you go and check it out. Uh, recommendation for the day. So if you are a TV watcher... Um, then my recommendation for the day is Neon. So I've been um, watching lots of different things on Neon, but one of my favourites has just come back, which is Yellowstone. Um, if you haven't watched that, it's this is the fifth season that's just been released. Um, and yeah, huge fan of Yellowstone. Took me a few episodes to get into it. Like I think we watched the first episode three times, but um, <laughs> once you're into it, yeah, it's a really good series. And if you're a tragic like me and you like things like Love Island, um, there's just been a Love Island Australia released on Neon. So that's a good one too. So that's my recommendation for today. Um, I've been watching, yeah, a bit of TV in the evenings, which is nice because the kids are in a slightly better nighttime routine get a little bit of time back to ourselves. So yeah, that's me for the week. What am I talking to you about today? I have a lovely story for you today with Mama Courtney. Courtney takes us through her pregnancy and birth with her son Max, who is now five, um, and what that pregnancy and birth story was like. And then she had unfortunately suffered a miscarriage in between. So she had a miscarriage after Max and then fell pregnant with Hugo. So Hugo is now two. We cover lots of different things in this episode, including endometriosis, um, supported cycles, so using um, clomiphene to help get pregnant, pregnancy yoga and how that um, played a part in her pregnancies and births. She had two very fast births, so she talks us through um, yeah, those pretty fast birth experiences and then what everything has been like for her postpartum both times. So I hope you really love the episode. I would love to hear from you. Make sure you send me your feedback at KiwiBirthTales on Instagram or KiwiBirthTales at gmail.com. I will let you listen to Courtney now. Enjoy. Hey Courtney, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name's Courtney. I'm 30 and I live in sunny Nelson um, <laughs> with my husband, Steve. We've been together um, 11 years and we've got two wee boys, 
Max, who just turned five last week, and Hugo was two in August. Yeah, awesome. Very cool. And we're going to talk about lots of different things today, but I'd love to start with what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and Steve the first time around. Yeah, sure. Um, So I've got a history of endometriosis and um, that sort of begun back when I was 14, 15. I was Mm -hmm. diagnosed and um, I got put on the pill around age 14 just to help with um, the pain and managing cycles and things like that. And um, I still had ongoing um, bleeding and painful periods and whatnot. So I had three resections um I think one when I was about 15 um 18 months later when I was 16 and I think the last one was when I was around 19 um and that definitely helped with symptoms and things seemed to get better for a while but then unfortunately the symptoms Mm. would come back so I just continued taking the pill I did at times try like the depot injection to see if that would help with things. I also tried the marina at one point, but didn't have any success with that. And I ended up um, actually having to have that removed again. Um, So I just kind of persevered and put up with the pain and sort of ran my pill back to back um, for as many months as I could. Mm -hmm. But I would often still get breakthrough bleeding and then all the pain associated with it so it just kind of continued for years and my sort of one hope was once I got pregnant for things to resolve and get better Um, they often say with endometriosis pregnancies can help with your symptoms so um, Steve and I ended up getting we got married at the end of 2015 Um, We went on our honeymoon over Christmas and New Year um, and it would have been the ideal time to start trying, but I was too scared um, (laughs) to stop the pill because I really didn't want to bleed the whole time we were away. So we decided um, to try, start trying when we got home. So I stopped the pill in January, about the middle of January, and I just assumed that my period would return straight away. Um, because I was just so prone Mm. to bleeding Um, but it never did Um, month after month went by and I still had no period Um, six months down the track still no sign of it and it was beginning to get pretty frustrating I mean once you've made that decision you Mm. want to start a family you kind of want to start now Um, and I just felt quite frustrated that we didn't even get the chance to try each month Um, Mm because clearly I wasn't going to be ovulating if I didn't have a period. Well, I didn't appear to be ovulating. Um, So I'm actually a nurse and I work at the private surgical hospital here in Nelson. Um, And one of our surgeons there, one of the gynecologists, she was actually the surgeon that did my third resection. So I just had a chat to her at work and said, hey, look, we want to start a family, come off the pill sort of seven months ago now, and um, I still haven't had my period. So she just said, um, book an appointment and come and see me in clinic. So Steve and I went and saw her in clinic. And she essentially said, look, it could take up to a year. Um, and um, I can give you some medication to help you. Um, 
and she was happy to give me the script then and there um, mm. and did advise to wait the year, but also said to me, look, I'll leave it in your hands and you can start when you like. And I mm. essentially ran out of the appointment straight to the pharmacy and filled the script. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't want to wait any longer. So um, I had to take two medications because I wasn't bleeding. I had to take a medication from memory. I think it was called Provera. And um, I took that for around five days. And what that did was um, sort of induce a withdrawal bleed. So I took the medication for five days. And then a couple of days later, I would start bleeding. And I essentially mm. could use that as my period um, to then take the clomiphene. So mm. I then took clomiphene on... I feel like it might have been between day two to day five of my cycle or maybe day two to day seven. Um, and then you sort of had sex around day 14 when you were meant to ovulate. And on day 21, I would go and have some bloods done to see if I had ovulated that month and then also do a pregnancy test on day 28. Um so that's sort of the routine we got into and the first cycle my bloods came back and I hadn't ovulated and then uh, yeah, negative pregnancy test. I feel like we had to wait a couple of weeks in between then starting the next cycle. So we repeated and did the same the following cycle. Once again, day 21, um, bloods showed that I hadn't ovulated again negative pregnancy test so I had a chat to my gynecologist and she said okay let's double the dose for the third cycle um so I'm actually a identical twin as well mm -hmm. and with these medications particularly clomiphene where it's sort of inducing ovulation you then become higher risk for having multiples so I mm -hmm. thought you know being a twin and then adding um, a medication in that could increase my likelihood of having multiples um mm. you know she just had to make sure we would be okay with that which I said look I love being a twin like it wouldn't be a problem yeah. um so doubled the dose for cycle three went through the same situation and I got to day 20 of the cycle and I was meant to go for my day 21 bloods the following day and I was at work and I just felt nauseous like all of a sudden mm -hmm. I just had this wave of nausea come over me and I was like oh that's weird but it was sort of coming up to morning tea time and I thought oh maybe I just need to have something to eat um but I thought oh I might just do a pregnancy test anyway so I went and pinched one out of our treatment room um we have a stash in there just because mm -hmm. we sometimes have to offer them to patients or get patients to do a pregnancy test prior to like gynae surgery yeah. so I went and pinched one went to the bathroom and um did the test washed my hands almost forgot to look at it because I thought this is far too early in this cycle to be testing like I would only be about seven days past ovulation so I really wasn't expecting to see anything and I looked down and it was the darkest line, like the <laughs> darkest line. Yeah. And I instantly almost just felt sick. Like I was like, what? I don't know. Like I was expecting it, but it came as sort of quite yeah. a shock um, because I was about, it was just a, a year after we initially, like I came off the pill. So I knew it was going to happen and I was expecting and hoping for it to happen. But when it did, I just thought, oh my gosh. And I don't mm. think I was expecting to find out at work. Um, I thought it might have been, you know, at home 
yeah. with Steve or something like that. So, yeah. yeah, that's essentially how I found out. And the gynecologist just so happened to be working that day. So I sort of hung around after my shift for her to come out of theatre and said to her, hey, look, I'm meant to be going for my day 21 bloods tomorrow, but actually I think I'm pregnant. Can I have a lab form to get my HCG done? So I went and had that done the next day, and she emailed me that night and said, your HCG's 10,000, and I think you're around six weeks pregnant. (laughs) And so what had happened is I actually had got um, pregnant on that second cycle. Yeah, okay. Um, And I've since learned that I ovulate a bit later. So I think I ovulated later and maybe the day 21's bloods um, hadn't actually quite picked up that I'd ovulated yet. Um, So I was much further along than I anticipated. (laughs) I sort of thought when everything's planned and you're monitoring and counting down the days Mm. and everything's a bit regimented that I would know, you know, the second I got pregnant. So to find out I was already six weeks along um, was a bit of a shock. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, the most welcome surprise in the end. (laughs) Just took a while to get there. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. And how were you feeling? Like, did you have many symptoms that came after that positive pregnancy test? And, yeah, what were your first um, sort of 12 weeks like after that? Yeah, um, it was like the second I knew I was pregnant, I felt sick. (laughs) That nausea that came that day sort of just hung around and I just felt hungover really. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't too bad. And to be honest, I only felt really nauseous for about a month. I think um, I was, yeah, I actually went and had a dating scan later that week and I was, yeah, five weeks and six days along. Um, and I remember by 10 weeks, I actually, the nausea subsided a bit. And by yeah. 14 weeks, I had some energy back because that first trimester, I was just so fatigued. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't think being a nurse and working shift work and having to do night shifts and things mm. like that helped the fatigue. Um, but yeah, all in all, by sort of 14 weeks, I was feeling pretty good again. Yeah. So I was quite yeah. lucky in that aspect. Yeah. Awesome. And did you decide to go with a midwife or what did you decide to do there? Yeah, I did. Um, Being in Nelson, we don't really have, like, even though I work in a private hospital, we don't have, like, private obstetricians and places to birth. Yeah, Yeah, so um, I was a bit naive in having, like, in realising how quickly you had to find a midwife. Mm -hmm. So I was six weeks along when I found out. And then I thought, oh, this is too early. Like, I don't want to bother them yet. So I waited until I was about nine weeks, I think, and then started calling around. And (laughs) I could not find one. And I was beginning to get panic, like panic a bit and think, oh, Mm. gosh, like, what am I going to do? But one of the midwives actually suggested a midwife who was just coming back after some time off and said, I know she's going to take a smaller caseload just because she's returning and maybe get in touch with her. So, I, yeah, I got in touch with her and she was more than happy to take me on. Steve and I met her and we got on really well with her. So I was very lucky in the end um, that I did get one, but I definitely knew for second time round to get onto it much sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what sort of happened from there? Did you do the standard testing that's offered in New Zealand? And did you want to find out the sex of your baby? What did that look like for you? 
Um, yeah, we just did the standard um, testing. I did have that dating scan. Then we had the 12-week and 20-week scan um, and just the routine bloods. Um, we didn't find out the gender um, either time. I was really adamant that I wanted a surprise. Um, yeah. And I actually didn't end up having the gestational diabetes screening this time around. It's, it kind of just slipped through the cracks. Um, I saw my midwife, I think, for the first time around 10 or 11 weeks, and she was actually heading overseas back to the UK um, for three months. So I saw she didn't have a backup midwife at the time because she'd just come back into practice, but one of the other midwives said that she would cover my care for the time that my midwife was away. And somehow in between seeing that midwife and then my midwife returning when I was sort of 20, I feel like I was nearing the end of the second trimester, um, the gestational screening just got missed. And so it wasn't until my midwife came back and she was trying to find the results of those. She said, did you have that done? And I said, no. Um, and we kind of had a discussion about it and she thought I was pretty low risk and she sort of essentially left it up to me and I said oh look I would hope that I well not hope but I would assume that I wouldn't have it that I had no other sort of risk factors we've been Mm. checking my urine and all the rest of it so I just opted not to go and have it done in the end anyway yeah fair enough awesome and what about your birth education or sort of thoughts around um yeah, what that might look like for you. Did you do any antenatal classes or, yeah, what was that like in your first pregnancy? Yeah, um, I read Ina May's Guide to Childbirth, mm-hmm. so I really enjoyed that. Um, I did, or Steve and I did a antenatal course through the parent centre here. So we did it over, I think it was like eight weeks on a Tuesday night. Um, I feel I've been around a lot of babies and looked after many and I guess maybe being a nurse you have a bit of an insight so I felt like I knew quite a lot already Um, but it was I went more for the social aspect I really wanted to meet some others that were having babies around the same time and um, it was actually great we had a really great group and Steve actually I think got a bit out of it as well and it was just a nice time to connect and go and do something in the evening So, yeah, we did that over the eight weeks and I also did pregnancy yoga and I really enjoyed that, Um, absolutely loved it. And I think that was really great and beneficial in sort of honing in on your breath and sort of, um, yeah, learning to breathe properly and slowly and great and sort of opening your hips and your pelvis up, preparing for birth and things like that. Um, and I just did lots of reading. I listened to podcasts. Um, I don't know if yours was around five years ago. Um, No, it wasn't. (laughs) No. Um, so I was searching for others, but I've always been just, I actually did think about being a midwife before a nurse. So I've always been really interested in babies and birth and pregnancy and all the rest of it. So yeah, I just did lots of reading, um, lots of research and just tried to sort of educate myself as much as possible. Yeah, awesome. And where did you think you wanted to give birth and did you have any ideas yeah, around like a birth plan or how you wanted your birth to go? Um, I was, my plan was not to have a plan, but just <laughs> to kind of have a loose idea of what yeah. I would like. Um, 
we did decide for being a first baby that we'd like to um, be in the hospital for delivery. And um, the midwife, my midwife was quite good in just kind of my birth plan. We kind of just wrote it down in steps of sort of things to try um, as the labor progressed, things that we could do at home. I hired a TENS machine. Um, we worked through some acupressure points, um, heat pack, showers, baths, um, just things that we could do ourselves yeah. even before we could ring her. Um, and then, yeah, the plan was she obviously let us know at the stage that we should give her a call. I was more than happy to just see how labour progressed and yeah. use things as I thought I might need them. So I wasn't opposed to anything. Um, I just said, yeah, let's just work through it. And if one thing stops working, let's try the next type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. And what sort of happened from there? Do you want to take us through the last sort of few weeks of your pregnancy and how you were feeling and then into your labour and birth story? Yeah, sure. Um, so I did have, I did go in for monitoring. I think I had reduced movements around 29 weeks. So I did go in and have some extra monitoring then. And then Steve and I were in the process of building a house. We decided we would do that right at the start of the pregnancy. So we were on tight, quite a time crunch to <laughs> get into this new house before the baby arrived. And I decided to finish up work around 34 weeks. Um, yeah. I was still feeling fine in myself, and I actually think sort of being on my feet for eight hours a day kind of kept me quite fit and active, which was really good. But I knew we were going to be moving house when I was 36 weeks. So I decided to give myself two weeks to plod along and pack up a house. <laughs> so packed up, we moved when I was 36 weeks. And luckily we did because he decided to come early. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really, I, I actually had a feeling he might come early. I'm not sure why. Mm. Um, I didn't know it was a he, like, well, we didn't know, but I just, in my gut felt like this was a boy. Yeah. Um, I would have been yeah. shocked if it came out and it was a girl. In my mind, <laughs> it was just a wee boy. And so, yeah, 38 weeks rolled around and I must have been, I had him at 38 and three. So he came 10 days early. And so it must have been 38 and two was a Thursday. And I went into town and did a bit of shopping. I think I went and had a pedicure and I met my sister for lunch. And she said to me, are you feeling all right? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm fine. Like I feel really good. And she's like, oh, you're not like having any labor pains, are you? And I was like, no. And I said, why? And she said, well, my stomach's cramping and I don't know if it's like a, tw a twin thing. We've had things in the past where we've been away, but often we'll sort of get unwell at the same time or mm. we're quite in tune with each other. And anyway, I was happily eating my lunch and she was sitting there like trying to breathe through these stomach cramps that she was having. Oh my gosh, and, funny. Yeah. And she's like, you sure nothing's happening? And I was like, no, I I'm fine. And yeah, she struggled to sort of get through lunch and, um, the only thing I said to her though, was I haven't felt the baby move very much today. Um, like I feel like the baby's been really quiet, but I said, um, you know, I'm after this, I'm heading home and I'll go and lay down and see if I can get the baby to move. So 
she went back to work still cramping away and um, I went home, laid down, had a cold. I'd just been busy on my feet all day. So mm. I just thought maybe I just need to slow down. So went home, had a rest, didn't really feel any movements, um, drank some cold water, had something sugary, nothing really eventuated. The other thing was um, normally – the baby had hiccups like three or four times a day. Like mm-hmm. they just hiccuped all the time. So I just had also noticed I hadn't really noticed any hiccups. So the baby just seemed a lot quieter than usual. So Steve got home from work and we were having dinner and I said to him, I think I'd messaged him in the day. And then I said to him again at dinner time, like, look, this baby's still really quiet. And he said, just call the midwife. And I was like, oh, I don't want to annoy her. You know what it's like. Hmm. I was like, I'm probably just overreacting. He said, just ring her and see what she says. So I phoned her and she was actually at tennis. And she said, look, (laughs) I'll be done in an hour and then I can meet you up at the hospital. And I said, okay, that's fine. Not a problem. And then she rang me back and she said, actually, no, you shouldn't have to wait for me to finish. Um, If you're concerned, you need to be seen now. And she was actually going off duty or she was going to have a backup midwife over that weekend. She had a mm-hmm. wedding on and I hadn't actually met the backup midwife before. So she said, I've phoned her and she can actually meet you at the hospital in like 20 minutes. If you leave home now, she'll meet you there. And it's a good chance for you to like meet her before the weekend mm-hmm. in case you go into labor. So I said, okay, that's fine. So we set off to the hospital, met, um, met the backup midwife and we went on the CTG and they could see there wasn't a lot of movement. You know how they often give you a button to push when you feel them moving. And I just didn't really feel anything other than on the drive in, the baby got the hiccups. And I said to Steve, Oh, always, you know, like now I feel really bad. The baby's probably (laughs) fine. They're hiccuping away. But yes, on the CTG, they could see that baby was quite quiet. Heart rate was absolutely perfect. And they could see some sort of like little tightenings. And they said, can you feel that? And I said, no. Um, But what I had had since 18 weeks was Braxton Hicks. So Mm. I got Braxton Hicks really early in both my pregnancies. And um, so I couldn't feel this sort of cramping sensation that they could see on the monitor. But um, I could feel like I was still having Braxton Hicks. So in the end, the midwife said, look, um, what we'll do is, you know, heart rate's fine. All looks okay other than, you know, the baby's a bit quiet, but like they look pretty happy in there. So what we will do is just book you in for an ultrasound tomorrow morning and go and just check the fluid and the cord and all the rest of it. Hmm. And Steve was I sort of said, okay, that's fine. But Steve was actually quite good at this point um, and sort of advocating. And he said, actually, like it's not normal for this baby to be so quiet and you can see there's not a lot of movements. Like would you just mind running it past like an obstetrician before we leave that they're happy Mm. that we go home? Because we had actually brought our bags in just in case something wasn't quite right. Yeah. Um, so the midwife went with and checked with the obstetrician and they said, no, the obstetri- obstetrician's happy with that plan because, yeah, heart rate's fine, baby looks happy. And if anything changes overnight, definitely come back. But otherwise, we'll book you in for an ultrasound in the morning. So with that, we went home, um, went to bed. And I do remember waking up around maybe 11 o'clock and I couldn't really get back to sleep. So I made a Milo, had a Milo, mm-hmm. went back to sleep. And then at 3 a.m. I woke up 
feeling sort of like period type pain. And one thing I had said to my midwife, because I'd had these breaks and hicks that just got more and more intense as the pregnancy went on, to some point I was having to sort of like breathe through them because they were just so tight and uncomfortable. Mm. I was a little bit concerned and like, would I know the difference between a breaks and mm-hmm. hick and like labor contractions and she said that you'll definitely know because like labor contractions are quite low down and you can often feel them in your back and yeah low in the front and definitely feel more like period pain Mm. and I was like okay so when I woke up I felt this first little twinge and I thought ah that's different to what I'm used to and I just lay there and then like five or so minutes later, another one happened. And after about the third, I thought, oh, I might just time these. So <laughs> I started timing and they were sort of like five or seven minutes apart. So I just lay there for the hour. And then at 4 a.m. I thought I want the tens machine on because I know you should use it in early labor. So mm. I woke Steve up and said, look, I think I could be in labor. Can you help me put the tens machine on? So we popped the TENS machine on and I just kind of lay there and used that in bed. Steve's parents were actually away in South Africa. So at some point between four and five, we video called them and we were um, chatting to them. And by the end of the call, like he was putting it on my face and I was having to breathe through these contractions. In the end, I said, just, we've got to go. I just need to get in the shower (laughs) for some reason. Like I can't talk to them anymore. Like I just need to get up and moving and I need to get out of bed and I want a shower. So 5am we took the tens off and I hopped in the shower and the warm water was amazing. Mm. So from the shower, I decided like I want to hop in the bath. So he ran the bath and I went down and I hopped in the bath and By this stage, I was kind of having to really work through um, the contractions and breathe through them. And I do remember my midwife also saying, you know, like you want the contractions to get closer together, but you also want the intensity to be increasing. Um, And call when they're sort of three to four minutes apart and lasting a minute to a minute and a half. So by this time... um, by this time, Steve was using his – I got him to download the contraction timer as well. And he was like, these contractions are two minutes apart. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's fine. Like, how long are they lasting? And he said, oh, only 45 minutes uh, – 45 seconds to a minute. And I was like, oh, well, they're close together. But I got quite hooked up on the length of time they should have been or, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, before ringing her. And I said, oh, they're not long enough. Like, we won't bother her yet. She'll think, you know, last night she's ringing me because the baby's quiet. Now this morning she's ringing me thinking she's in labor. Like, I just (laughs) felt really bad pestering her for some reason. Um, So we just – I was just in the bath. And then I had a few that all of a sudden I – yeah. I was like, these are really painful now. So I yeah. said, I think we better call her. And it was 6 a.m. Uh, so phoned her. I think Steve had to talk to her because I was just focusing on what I was doing. And so I think that kind of gave her a good indicator that, okay, things are definitely happening. So yeah. she said she would be at our place by 7. So I found, I eventually got out of the bath, put the tens back on, and I found um, leaning over the kitchen bench, rocking from side to side, like keeping my hips moving, really helped me. Um, 
so when she arrived I was here just in the kitchen rocking from side to side and she said let's go up to the bedroom and I'll see how far along you are so just after seven she checked me at home and she said yep you're four centimeters um so I thought okay like things are happening and we're progressing so she sort of said do you want to wait at home a bit longer or do you want to head into the hospital and Steve said like up to you what do you want to do and I said oh look the bags are in the car from last night let's just head in mm-hmm. um so off we went to the hospital we didn't live too far away but it was a Friday morning it's raining so everyone's now trying to get to work and to school <laughs> and we got stuck in all the traffic and I was just in the back laboring like in the back seat with the teens machine on we got to the hospital and the midwife said to me, I want you to walk up the stairs to level three. And I was like, oh, wonderful. So off I trot up the stairs and get <laughs> to right where the hospital cafe is, where everyone's getting their morning coffee at 8am. And I have this whopping contraction and I'm sort of, everyone's looking and I'm trying to breathe through it. And <laughs> and, and then it's just incredible. I couldn't believe how normal you felt in between the contractions like yeah. you kind of go yeah. a bit delirious while you're having a contraction and then you become really lucid again so everyone gives you you know a bit of a wave and good luck for today as we trot off up the next um, flight of stairs and we got to our room and once again I just asked for the bed to be raised um, raised so that I could sort of just stand and lean on it and rock from side to side And so I just stayed there um, and kept using the TENS machine. I did really enjoy that up until a point where um, my contractions were getting really close together. Like I felt like I wasn't getting much of a break and I felt like I was trying to focus more on the contractions and I would accidentally, you know, you'd use the boost button in the contraction, but then I would forget to turn it off once the contraction had finished and then it would still be sort of zapping away on my back. And all of a sudden I just felt like it was just irritating me. Um, And I was sort of more focused on what the TENS machine was doing and trying to control that than I was working through the contraction. So in the end I said, Steve, just take it off. Like I'm done with it now. Hmm. And just at that point, I felt this almighty pop and all this warm water just run down my legs. And I was still dressed in the clothes that we had arrived in. So I said to the midwife as I'm standing there with waters in my jandals in a puddle, um, <laughs> like my waters have just gone. And she said, okay, that's cool. Let's get you into the bathroom and we'll um, get you cleaned up and pop a gown on. So... I think by this stage I had also asked for the gas because I remember them wheeling a tank in with like a portable tank with me into the bathroom. Yeah. And um and when I took my like knickers and undies down, um I'd my bloody show and everything had kind of gone all at once with my waters. Mm. So nothing had come prior. And while I was sitting on the toilet, I said to her, like, I need to push. And she said, what? And I said, I've, I feel like I need to push. There was just so much pressure in my bottom. And she said, oh, no, like we've only just got here. Let's run the bath. And I said, all right. So they put the bath on <laughs> and I got changed and I was like, I really need to push. And she said, oh, I only checked you just over an hour ago at home. 
Um, it probably was about half past eight, quarter to nine. So it might have been an hour and a half since she checked me. And I said, I really, really need to push it. So she said, okay, let's get back to the bed and I'll do another check and we'll see where you're at. So I waddled back to the bed and she checked me and she said, oh, you're 10 centimetres <laughs> and you can get pushing. <laughs> and I kind of freaked out. Like I thought, like I really found the gas effective in slowing my breathing down as well. Yeah. But at that point I panicked a bit because I was like, oh, can I have the epidural? And she said, not that I really wanted it, but I just felt like I'd kind of lost a bit of control and all my mm. options were taken away. And I was really nervous about how long this pain was going to go on for. And like, could I cope with this amount of pain for, I don't know, I thought maybe I'm going to be at this for another few hours. And mm. she kind of just looked me in the, like, sort of, I think she grabbed my cheeks actually and said, Courtney, you're okay. You're already doing this. Like you just, you keep going and we'll have your baby soon. She just kind of had to give me a bit of a pep talk and yeah. I was like, okay, I'll let's, let's just go. Um, and so, yeah, I, a couple of contractions went by and I was sucking away on the gas. And then she said to me, are you pushing yet? And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm too scared. <laughs> I was kind of got to that point and just, held it in and she said just go with your body and I was like okay and I found the pushing really um I found it quite empowering but also really like I was doing something effective you know like I mm. really just went with it and I almost commentated it I could really feel the baby like dropping down into the birth canal and I sort of feel like I just breathed him out and breathed him down and I sort of said to her, I feel like the head's coming, like you're going to see it soon. And then and then it would go back up. And I said, oh, no, he's gone up. And then I would like the next contraction, I'd say, okay, I feel like he's he's going to crown. And then I could feel the ring of fire. And she said, yep, no, I can see some hair. And I was quite surprised that he was going to have hair for some reason. Like my husband's <laughs> got quite thin hair. And as a baby, like I had such fine hair I looked like a boy like I just had no yeah. hair um so I just assumed would have a baby with no hair so I was amazed that she said she could see hair oh and the other thing was um another midwife came in to bring like the um the medication is it the oxytocin or syntocin for the mm -hmm. to deliver the placenta if needed yeah and I for some reason asked her to stay and take some photos so I have the most amazing photos um <laughs> of him being delivered and yeah sure enough um he crowned and his head came out and then it was the weirdest feeling because then I had to wait for the next contraction so we've got this photo and his head's out and he's kind of like got his head turned to the side with his eyes open just looking around <laughs> and Steve and I are laughing like what is going on and the midwife <laughs> is smiling and um she just said look you with your next sort of contraction you do another big push and he will be here um so next contraction pushed him out and I sort of sat forward a bit and I hooked my arms under his and I sort of pulled him up and onto me um he had quite a short umbilical cord so I sort of couldn't get him right up onto my chest he sort of stopped just under my boobs yeah um and yeah the first thing my husband said was there's a ball bag we have a boy, there's a ball bag. <laughs> like he was so stoked. Um, 
And yeah, the time was uh, 9.14. So from the time wow. she checked me at home at um, just after seven, um, I was four centimetres and I had delivered two hours later. So it was wow. quick, quick for a first birth. Not that I realised that, but um, afterwards the midwife sort of kept che- checking in because they thought I might go into a wee bit of shock just because yeah. it happened quite quickly. Yeah. But, yeah, it was amazing and, yeah, a really, really incredible experience. Yeah, yeah, that is amazing. And, yes, it's incredible to hear about those sort of faster um, labours, particularly for first-time mums. And mm. did you need any, like, stitches or anything like that from your birth? No, nothing. Um, I had a, a graze. And that's what um, my midwife said. It was a really controlled birth. Um, yeah. And I do feel like I breathed a lot of the time. Um, And I do sort of thank the yoga for that. Um, Mm. And I did find the gas really good. Initially, I thought you could only suck gas in. And I thought this is a bit weird. And then she said, no, it's kind of like a two-way valve. So you can actually blow back out. So when I got the hang of that, I just did these really slow, deep breaths. And, Mm. um, yeah, it was just really controlled and, yeah, didn't tear at all. Amazing. Yeah. Very cool. And how did things sort of progress from there? Did you decide you wanted to stay in hospital or did you want to go home or to a birth centre or what did that look like for you? Um, we don't have a birth centre here in um, Nelson, so mm-hmm. we decided we would we would just stay in the hospital. So, yeah, I had him just after, yeah, quarter past nine in the morning. Um, I waited, I think it took about half, I only pushed for about half an hour and then my placenta was delivered just naturally. We waited for that, um, was delivered 20 minutes later. Um, I rang my sister straight away in between Mm -hmm. times um, and she was just itching to get up to the hospital. Um, (laughs) So I said, actually, wait, I haven't delivered the placenta. So just give me half an hour and then (laughs) then head on up. So by the time she got there, um, the midwife had started doing her checks and – Steve was over with the midwife and the baby and he was helping get the baby dressed. So my sister helped me through the shower, which was really nice. And then we just um, headed round to the postnatal ward. I actually felt really, um, really bad when we turned up. There was a lady obviously in labour as well, sort of walking up and down the corridor with her headphones and labouring away. And two hours later, I was walking down the corridor with, <laughs> with the ba- with the baby, and she. I've was seen still, people like you, Courtney. Still, yeah. I was the person like waiting, <laughs> and there was oh. this oh, so, oh, so funny. Yeah, and I left, and she was still pacing the corridor, and yeah. I felt really bad. But yeah, we just went round to the um, postnatal ward and yeah. um, chilled out there for the day. Um, uh, my family came up later in the afternoon. Steve was there most of the day. Um, yeah, the hospital midwives did keep checking in just to make sure um, I didn't go into any kind of shock. I felt great. I felt really good. Other than like my vagina wasn't sore, but I felt like I had birthed through my butt. My mm. bottom was so sore, like I'd been kicked by a horse, like it felt bruised. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I do remember feeling really tender and finding it quite 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uncomfortable sort of like sitting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just kind of had a cruisy day and evening. Um, Steve went home later on. He ended up going out and having a few too many drinks with the boys to celebrate um so I was just chilling up at the hospital with Max and then Steve arrived back around nine o'clock the next morning and we waited until lunchtime when my midwife came back in to see us I do have to say um the hospital I don't know if part of it was that I'm a nurse so they might have assumed that I knew what I was doing but I found it hard um, they, the first shift after he was born, like the morning shift, they checked in a lot. But the afternoon shift, I think they were busy, but I had to ring for pain relief. Like my midwife introduced herself at the start of the shift and I didn't see her till eight hours later. I rang and said, look, can I have some Panadol and Nurofen because I'm really sore. So I did find that I wasn't getting a lot of input up there. Um, I had to ring the bell to ask them to come in to sort of help with latching and feeding. He was quite sleepy, so at one point during the night we had to um, express some colostrum and syringe it to him. So by the time my midwife came back the next day at lunchtime, I said, I just want to go. Like, I'm not getting much care here. Um, and it was a hot, stuffy room, and I said I'd be much more comfortable at home. Mm. So... And she was going to come back the next day anyway. So, yeah, we headed home. Um, yeah, we just had the one night in hospital, headed home sort of mid-afternoon and, yeah, settled in there. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And how did you find that? How did you find taking your new baby home and, like, yeah, you're still recovering from birth and learning to breastfeed and all that sort of stuff. So what was that first, um, yeah, couple of days and, and week like? Yeah, they did say to us, you know, expect, you know, night two because we were heading home before night two. Um, You know, it can be quite rough with the cluster feeding and things. But he slept, so we had to actually wake him to feed. And I thought, oh, like, this isn't so bad. The next day, so I had him on the Friday. We went home Saturday. The next day was actually, on the Sunday, was my work baby shower. And another lady at work, one of the other nurses, was also pregnant. So we were having a combined lunch. And I thought, I feel bad if I don't go. So <laughs> Steve Steve offered to drive me. And I said, oh, no, I'll be fine. In hindsight, I look back now and think, what was I thinking? But I think <laughs> I was just so high on, like, yeah. adrenaline and emotions. Mm. And so I never, I didn't tell anyone from work that I'd actually had a baby. I just turned up for the baby in the capsule and they were like, what? And I said, oh yeah, I had him two days ago. <laughs> so I was out for lunch two days after I had him. Oh my gosh, um, <laughs> I know. Um, and then that night, so night three for us was rough and, um, he just fed and fed and fed and my nipples got cracked and sore 
and I think we didn't get him settled till like 5am and I was like what is this like what is going on so when my midwife texted I said come ASAP so she was out um and she was just finished at a birth so she came straight to us at like seven in the morning and she said Courtney remember that unsettled night you've just had it night three not night two and I was like okay but after that we loved it um I recovered really well I felt great um and yeah we just kind of enjoyed settling in at home going for little walks and um yeah I loved it I'd been wanting to be a mum for so long so I really really enjoyed it and yeah it was quite a nice yeah a nice time and lovely to you know have family and friends come around and meet him and yeah feeding for us once we got over um the first probably week was quite uncomfortable and painful um but he was a great little feeder so um yeah we had no problems with breastfeeding and yeah all went pretty well I think <laughs> yeah it sounds amazing sounds like you were just totally born to be <laughs> born to be a mum which is very I cool was- yeah, I was definitely winging it at some point, but um, yeah, <laughs> oh, you sort of fu- does, right? sort of fumble fumble your way through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. And did you notice any like of the baby blues or any hormonal shifts or anything like that throughout that period? Or you don't think that that yeah sort of applied to you? Um, I definitely think at some point in that first week, I felt quite tearful. Mm. I have to say, I noticed it more second time round. First yeah. time, I think. Um, I was still, I felt like I was just quite high for a week or so. So <laughs> I think there was a couple of days that I felt a bit more emotional and a bit tearful, but, mm. um, overall, I think I felt all right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And your physical recovery from birth, I know you mentioned it went pretty well. You didn't have any complications or yeah. How did you find that? No, I was lucky in that, I mean, I felt like once again, my bottom was the sorest part. Oh, one thing I didn't know about that um, I wished I had have known was the, you know, the cramps with your uterus contracting back down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just wasn't sure what the heck was going on um, in those first couple of days when, you know, you're feeding and all of a sudden you can just feel your stomach cramping and cramping. And so that took me by surprise. And also I the pain with the engorgement when your milk came in. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Um, that was something I wasn't prepared for. Um, yeah. So once that those things sort of settled down within that first week, I felt pretty good. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I just had the standard bleeding for six weeks. And then, yeah, I was feeling well. <laughs> Awesome. And what about you and Steve? How did you find your relationship sort of changed with this little baby that you've brought into the world? And what did you do in terms of like sharing the parenting load and things around the house? How did that look for you? Yeah, um, he pretty much moved out to the couch. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We quickly realized there's no point in having two tired parents. And it's something we actually tell a lot of our friends now is that in those early days, um, you know, mum's doing a lot of the feeding and things. And so we just decided he had a, um, a, not a lot of time off work actually, but we just sort of thought that it would be better to have at least someone well rested and I would tackle the nights. And if I needed him, then I would go and wake him up. Um, yeah. So 
yeah, we've often said to friends, like, there is no point in having two tie parents. Someone should be getting some rest. And often, yeah, we would tag team. So if we did have a rough night that, um, you know, I would try and get through till 3 or 4 a.m. or something, and then I'd go and pass the baby to him, and I'd go back to bed and get some sleep before he went off to work. So we sort of just made that work for us. And it was definitely an adjustment, and we're quite social people and love going out for dinner and things. And so... That was easy to do when they were, you know, newborn and little mm. and happy to be in a capsule. But kind of by that three-month mark where you're trying to get into a bit of a bedtime routine, um, we definitely felt a bit more housebound. Um, yeah. But it just was a phase of life, really. And yeah. we know it's not going to be like that forever. So, no, I think we um, worked quite well together as a team. And, yeah, Steve doesn't cope well with not a lot of sleep. So I'm quite aware <laughs> that if he needs to function um he needs a bit more sleep than I do I think that's one thing I said to my boss is even as hard as night shifts are um being a nurse they definitely prepare you for parenthood because Mm. (laughs) even getting a couple of hours of sleep here and there throughout the night is better than being at work being awake all night Mm. so Yeah. yeah I was pretty lucky in that I didn't really ever feel too sleep deprived I was sort of used to having a lack of sleep yeah 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 and in terms of expanding your family more (laughs) did you have Mm -hmm. any thoughts on wanting to have more children or yeah what did that look like for you yeah we knew we would um, want another I think we were pretty set on just having two and we also had said that we wouldn't rush into having a second one we really wanted to just enjoy the first for a few years um they're not little for that long so Mm -hmm. we had said between a two to three year age gap um but I probably didn't want much more than three years just because I feel like it's sometimes a bit tricky to start back at the newborn phase again so when Max was nearing two we sort of thought okay now's the time to start I had a chat to the gynecologist at work again and do you think I'll need clomiphene or how do I tackle this this time round? Mm-hmm. and she just suggested getting some ovulation sticks and tracking my cycle for um a while so I breastfed Max until he was nearly 11 months and after that my cycle came back really regular and quite pain-free which was the first mm-hmm. time in years since I was 14 so I was actually one of those lucky ones that pregnancy and breastfeeding definitely helped with my endo symptoms so I ended up buying um, a box of ovulation sticks off Amazon because they can be really expensive so I got like Mm. a box of 100 for $30 or something and I started tracking my cycle and I quickly realized I had a five-week cycle and ovulated on day 21, not day 14. So everything was a week later for me. So once I figured that out, um, Steve and I tried, I think I tracked for a couple of months, and then on the third month I said, um, all right, I think this is when I ovulate, and we got pregnant straight away. <clears throat> so it was definitely much easier second time round. Um, I went and had some bloods done, and unfortunately my HCG was quite low although I was going to be I was quite early and so she said let's just repeat in a couple of days and Mm. um, see how it's looking and um, unfortunately it hadn't really 
it hadn't doubled. It had only gone up from like by 10 or something. So she said, it's looking like you may miscarry. So I just kind of waited it out. And only a few days later, um, I actually started spotting. And so I just sort of waited and the bleeding essentially then began. And I was around between five to six weeks along. And so, yeah, that pregnancy did end in a miscarriage. Um, Yeah. And which I guess surprised, well, the the pain surprised me, I guess, with miscarrying. Um, I guess after being in labour, you sort of know what those cramps feel like. And for me, the miscarriage felt very much the same. Um, and the bloating um, and the heavy bleeding and all the rest of it, um, it kind of took me by surprise. Mm. Um, but I'm also in the mindset, like, if it's if that's nature's way of, you know, saying that something's not quite right, then I was okay about it. I mm-hmm. um, kind of understood, and it was early days as well. So I once again spoke to the gynecologist and she said it's always good to give it a month um, give it as one cycle and then you know you can try again when you're ready so um around three weeks later once again I just had all these like weird symptoms I think like my boobs were sore I just felt a bit off and I actually said to Steve like I like I knew I had miscarried but hmm. I almost felt like there was something going on. Like I was almost still pregnant or something. I went and even got a pregnancy test and it was negative. And then I, the penny dropped and I was like, Oh, I wonder if I'm ovulating again already. Mm. And so I did an ovulation test and sure enough, it was as dark as could be. And so I said to Steve, well, if we, you know, want to try now, now's a good time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I got pregnant again, three weeks after the miscarriage um and that was little hugo so Mm -hmm. max was had just turned two when that happened um and yes uh it was definitely um nice to have i well it was i was quite anxious this time around i guess i Mm. definitely in that first 12 weeks was a bit more concerned as to how it might play out so I was straight back um, getting some bloods done, but this time my HCG um, rose quite nicely. And so that was reassuring. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually with the miscarriage, I had learnt from first time round about trying to find a midwife. So with the, even with the miscarriage, only when I found out I was only about four weeks along, I found a midwife straight away and she yeah. was great in um, helping me with getting the blood tests and things done around the miscarriage. And then when I let her know that's how it had ended, she was um, really supportive and just said, okay, well, you know, I'm here when, you know, you want to try again, just let me know. So when I got back to her only like the next month, she said, oh, okay, (laughs) that was quick. Um, But I was definitely on to finding a midwife very quickly this time around. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. And how did the rest of this pregnancy play out? Was it much different to your first? And yeah, how were you feeling? And did you do all of the sort of same testing? What did that look like? Um, 
I was convinced this time round I was having a girl. <laughs> um, my symptoms were quite different with the first I craved like salty, savory yeah. foods. And this time round, all I wanted was sweet stuff. Um, the nausea and almost morning sickness would kick in at like 3 p.m. I would feel fine all day and then come 3 o'clock, I just hit a wall and I was mm. felt so sick um, and would be gagging away as I'm cooking dinner type of thing. So, mm. um, yeah, I just felt different and different symptoms. So I was convinced it was a girl. Yeah. And... Um, once, once again, it got through the, till the second trimester and I felt fine. Um, we still did the standard um, testing, although this time around we were in COVID restrictions. I think we might have mm. been in level, might have been in level three at the start of the pregnancy, um, which somewhat worked in my favour because for the first um, wee while. Steve had to be at home with the lockdown so it was quite nice having him home when I was feeling average in that first trimester um he could help with max and I could kind of rest um but then it came to the 20-week scan and we turned up for that and they hadn't actually informed us that like partners couldn't come in so Steve turned up with me and they said oh you can't come in she's got to go in on her own so I got quite upset with that Hmm. more so I felt bad for him not being able to come So he just had to go and sit in the car and wait. Um, But I was also pleased because he really wanted to find out this time. Um, So if he had come in, he would have definitely (laughs) been trying to (laughs) suss out and look for what it was going to be. Um, Whereas I just didn't even look at the screen. Like I was more than happy to have another surprise. Um, And yeah, I did. I think I was just a bit more um, nervous um, this time around, I did go in for a couple of CTGs just with reduced movements. Mm. Um, once again, they often had been on days where I was quite busy. One was a w- morning I was at work and yeah. one of the obstetricians slash gynecologists there, um, she was the one that was like, Courtney, just go up and get checked out. So she forced me to go up. Um, but of course I just hadn't got round to eating morning tea. It was kind of lunchtime before I'd had mm. anything to eat. So by the time I scoffed some food in the car on the way to the hospital, I got there and the baby was kicking away. So, um, yeah, I did have a couple of extra, um, CTGs, but just the regular, um, bloods and screening. I did do the gestational diabetes this time, which was negative. Yeah. Um, but just the standard scans and things like that. Yeah. Awesome. And did you do anything different for birth education this time around? I did none. None. <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> I think yeah. um I think just being your second, like you're busy. Yeah. Um yeah. actually the one thing I did go and do again was my pregnancy yoga. I did say yeah. to Steve, look, you need to be at home by five o'clock on a Wednesday because I just need an hour to myself and to connect with this baby. Like it is mm. definitely different being pregnant second time round, running yeah. after a toddler. Um, yes. yeah. It's a whole different ball game. So totally, you just yeah. feel a bit more tired. I don't think I really felt like I got my energy back in the second trimester like you did with the first because you're constantly on the go. Uh, but mm. yeah, my pregnancy yoga was sort of a non-negotiable. I said, I really want to go and do that. So yeah. that helped me once again, just kind of get back into the mindset of your breathing and um, opening up your hips and um, one thing she gave the, out the first time around was some pregnancy affirmations at the end of each week and I had kept them so 
they were back up on my mirror and I was reading those each day. And um, in that time, your podcast had started. So I was an avid listener. I also listened to the Australian birth stories every week. Um, So, yeah, I just kind of kept birth sort of in the forefront of my mind, but didn't do any real um, like new education as such. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And did your midwife sort of talk to you around the fact that you'd had a fast first labor and then what might this labor look like? Or yeah, how did you go there? Yeah. Um, so I did have a different midwife this time because my first yeah. had um, moved out of town and um, she did say your second labor is different as usually faster than your first. Hmm. And so she wanted us to prepare for a home birth Um and so we did a lot of sort of education around a home birth. Um, Steve was quite, he wasn't against it, but he wasn't really for it. Um, yeah. He's quite like a, he, you know, doesn't like risk. And so for him, he felt safer for us to go to the hospital. Yeah. Um, but the midwife's sort of point of view was sometimes it's safer to birth at home than trying to get to a hospital mm. um, and have a baby on the side of the road. So, um, we had everything set up here for a home birth. We had everything in the fridge, all the medications. I had gone out and brought the tarpaulins and the sieves and I had the ice cream container mm-hmm. for the placenta and all the buckets and towels and everything ready to go. But I also had a hospital bag packed ready to go. Um, and so our plan was um, to get her to come here and check me um, and see how far along I was. And if we had the time, um, we would go to the hospital. Um, but if we didn't have time, we would stay in birth at home. So yeah. that was the plan. I was more than happy to birth at home. It wasn't the birth that kind of worried me about the home birth. It was, um, well, one, I did really like the gas. So if I could get to the hospital for the gas, then that was good. But my main concern at home was um, having Max in the house, um, yeah. especially if it happened overnight. Like I just want to, wanted to stay focused on what I was trying to do and not worry about having a toddler that I might wake up. Um, yeah. And also I really wanted a night just with this baby. Um, being a second baby, they're not going to get a lot of time on their own. So yeah. if I could have a night in hospital um, – I really would have, I would like that, you know, that's what I would have preferred instead of just um, being thrown straight into having two kids at home straight off the bat. So um, we were kind of going to play it by year. We were prepared for both either which way. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And what was the end sort of stages of your pregnancy like this time around? And do you want to talk us through, yeah, your labor starting and into your birth story? Yeah, sure. Um, So the end of this pregnancy felt like it went on forever. Um, I felt like I was bigger this time. I was way more uncomfortable. Um, And because I had Max 10 days early, the midwife said, oh, well, you might go early again. You know, you might not. I kind of thought, oh, I've been early once. I'll go early again. So it probably wasn't the best mindset to be in because I didn't go early. Um, those mm. extra sort of 10 days felt like 10 weeks. Yeah. And I thought, surely I won't get to my due date. Like, I just or won't. Like, this baby's got to come early, like, the mm. first. Um, and so it was the day before my due date. It was a Sunday, and we went out for brunch, and I waddled through, like, 
gar- Queen's Gardens here. And on the way home, I said to Steve, I just need to lie down on the couch. Like I'm spent. I'm so tired and sore. But in the car, I noticed these like twinges down in like my cervix. And I thought that's weird. Like I haven't felt that before. But other than that, I just felt uncomfortable like every other day and exhausted. So it was a rainy day. We just plodded along at home. Um, Steve went out in the afternoon and I thought I'd better get Max out of the house but I didn't want to do too much parenting. So I just took him to my sister's house (laughs) and um, she entertained him for a while. And then I said, look, I actually feel like I just want to be at home. So um, bundled him in the car, came home again and I, Steve wasn't here. And I was like, Oh, I'm so done with this parenting thing today. Mm. Like (laughs) um, he's just got to take over. So I rang him and he wasn't far from being at home, but he said um, like his mum my mother-in-law had offered to have Max that night so we could go out to a movie. And I said to him, I can't think of anything worse than having to try and sit in a movie theatre. Like, I just couldn't sit still. I was so mm. uncomfortable. And But she was quite insistent that we went out and did something because this was going to be the last chance for a while. Um, so I said, look, let's just get Max to bed and we'll go for a quick dinner. So um, pop Max to bed. The last thing I felt like doing was going out anywhere. Hmm. All I felt like all day was a bath. I just felt like I needed to be in water. But we went out for dinner and we were home in like an hour and a half. I think we left at 6.30 and we were home just after 8 o'clock. And before his mum had even sort of like walked out the door, I had the bath on. And I ran a bath and I hopped in and... Oh, it was the best I'd felt all day. Mm. Like I just, you know, being weightless was so mm. nice. And I was actually messaging a friend who was also pregnant and she said, surely these babies will come soon. Like um, she was waiting on hers as well. And I was in the bath for about an hour and I got out at nine and um, Steve said, look, I might sleep on the couch tonight. And I said, yep, by all means. Like I was that uncomfortable and tossed and turned Mm. all night in bed anyway like it was almost nice and not having him there I wasn't Mm. worried about waking him up and I had put a waterproof mat down in bed um, weeks prior but I was sick of getting tangled in it and I was hot and bothered so (laughs) that one particular night I thought I'm just going to take it out and I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) no I thought oh it'll be my luck if I do that I need it so I left it in there I hopped into bed around 9.30 and I was messaging um, my friends still. And then I noticed in the bath my stomach was like quite gurgly, like I had gas. And I kept thinking like, do I need to fart or what's going on Mm. here? Um, And then when I was lying in bed, my stomach did this like almighty rumble. And I was like, what is going on? Like, yeah, do I need to get up to go to the toilet? Mm. And then all of a sudden, like I heard... Not, I didn't just feel, I heard this pop <laughs> and my water just gushed out. Like I felt like two litres just exploded <laughs> out of me and I felt it just run down and fill this um, waterproof pad like or sheet under me and then it just tracked all the way back up and up my back. And I was just laying there in this like puddle of water thinking, mm okay, this is the start. It kind of took me by surprise because Max's um, labour started with contractions and then Mm. this one started with my waters breaking. Yeah. So I actually 
rang Steve and so I only know that my waters broke at 9.56 because I had to ring him from upstairs and I rang him downstairs <laughs> and said, hey, look, you need to come up. My waters have just broken. So he got a towel and I came back downstairs and like shout, um, went to hop in the shower and then I was like, oh, actually I do need to go to the toilet and I had diarrhea. So that kind of made me think, okay, maybe things are mm. starting. Like I'm going to have a – I've just had a clear out. And then I hopped back in the shower. And when I was in the shower, I had my first contraction. And I thought, oh, yeah, this isn't too bad. I had rung my sister as well. The plan was that my sister would come. And so that way she would be here. If we stayed for a home birth, at least if Max woke up, he, yeah. he would have her here. Or if we did go to the hospital, she could stay with him. Um, and so not long after I got in the shower, she arrived and I started timing my contractions and they were two minutes apart from the start. <laughs> and my midwife wanted me to ring when they were like five to seven minutes apart. And yeah. so I just thought, oh no, these are fine. Like they're not that bad. Um, like the intensity didn't really increase to begin with. So had a shower, got out, rubbed some like clary sage all over my belly, had it going in the diffuser. And we're still just plodding around the place. And sort of half an hour later, Steve um, said, have you rung the midwife yet? And I was like, no, no, these are fine. He said, I really think you should give her a heads up. She wanted to know when they were like five minutes apart. And they've been two minutes from the start. And I was like, oh, like, fine, whatever. So <clears throat> I rang her. And while I was on the phone to her, all of a sudden I couldn't talk through them. And she must have started timing them while I was talking to her. And um, she would say to me, okay, that one's finished. And we would chat away. And then she would say, okay, can you feel another one building? And I was like, yep. And I'd have to breathe through it. Hmm. So she said to me, where do you want to have your baby? And I was like, oh, I thought you'd come and check me here. And she said, I don't know if we're going to have time. So you just need to decide where you'd like to have your baby. And I was like, oh, like I sort of thought that decision would be made for me depending mm. on how dilated I was and if we had time to go um, <clears throat> or if we had to stay. Um, and I sort of looked at Steve and he looked back at me. He said, you decide where would you like to go? What do you want to do? And I said, oh, I think I want the gas. So we'll go to the hospital. So the midwife, I spoke to her around – 10 30 and she said okay I'll meet you at the hospital at 11 30 but if you feel like or actually no I'll meet you there at quarter past 11 but if you want to get there earlier you just turn up I'll let them know you're mm. on your way so I started um packing some snacks and see put the bags in the car and then I don't know what I was thinking but then I thought oh I better <laughs> give all the I better give all this linen back to the midwife that I now don't need for the home birth that she dropped off so I made him load that into the boot <laughs> <laughs> and then after a while, he said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I don't know. He said, let's just go. And I was like, all right. So in the car and he flew to the hospital yeah. and I was still just having contractions every two minutes. And um, we got to the hospital and because it was COVID, we had to do COVID screening at the main doors. And, of course, someone else was trying to get into the hospital. Um, so we were kind of lined up waiting to be screened. Mm. And then when they saw that I was in labour, the other person was like, oh, you guys go in front. And then <laughs> Thank you. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the um, like the teleop person in the office was trying to it's like, oh, I better just call the ward. And I said, no, like they know we're coming. Can we just mm. go in? 
So they let us in. We went in the lift this time. Um, the doors opened and I had this almighty contraction. I said to Steve, stop, I can't move. And I was bearing down like I was pushing. Mm. And um, I said, I can't, I've, like, I've just got to wait until I get through this contraction. So I waited and then I waddled down the um, corridor and into labor and delivery. And there was like a midwife waiting and we walked into the room and it was only just after 11, about 10 past 11, we arrived and my midwife was actually already there setting up. Um, and she was just moving the bed and I just took grip of the hand basin in the room and with each contraction I was bearing down. And so I think on about the second contraction, she just used the Doppler and listened to the baby and said, yep, everything's fine. And you better get on the bed. So I took my pants off and I climbed up on the bed. This time they sort of put the back of the bed up maybe 45 degrees and I went on my sort of hands and knees or I was sort of hanging over the back of the bed. Yeah. Um, with Max, I actually birthed on my back. Like I got on the bed to be checked and I just never moved from that position again. Yeah. Whereas this time yeah. I, um, yeah, was sort of more in an upright position. And once again, I just asked for the gas and I just sort of zoned out and um, was just bearing down with each contraction. And at one point, the midwife said, how long do you think you've been here? And I was like, oh, I don't know, like an hour. And she <laughs> said, oh, you've been here 12 minutes. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, oh okay. And then she, I could feel his head right there and um, – I was just so scared, like that ring of fire, that stretching, I could really mm. feel it. And I was so scared I was going to like just tear or something. So she went and got a hot compress and she said to me, Courtney, if you push into that really sore part in your next contraction, you'll have his head out. So that's what I did. And mm -hmm. boy, could I feel the ring of fire this time. And with that contraction, his head was out. And I don't remember waiting for another contraction I almost feel like she helped him turn his shoulders straight away and yeah. out he came and she put him <laughs> on the bed between my legs so he was on the bed and I looked down and just said oh my gosh we have another boy like I was shocked it was a boy I was adamant <laughs> it was going to be a girl I had three girls names to choose from or we had three <laughs> girls names to choose from didn't even really have a boy's name in the picture um, but I just scooped him up and, yeah, I couldn't have been happier. And the mm. time was 11.26. So he arrived oh si um, 16 minutes after we arrived on the ward and exactly one and a half hours after my waters broke. Crazy. That is super fast. Mm. So super fast. I don't think the midwife was surprised. I yeah. think she knew it was going to happen quick, but I was like oblivious that it would be that quick. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we just kind of had skin to skin. Uh, my placenta, I didn't bleed much, so we just waited for my placenta to come away. But after about an hour and he had been feeding and stuff, I still never really got the urge um, or any contractions for it to come out. So in the end, mm. she sort of said, I think you just need to give it a bit of a push. And I'll pull gently, and she did, and out it came. Like, it was just sitting there, um, yeah. but just didn't really come out without a bit of help. 
Yeah. And then, yes, the midwife started doing her checks. Um, Steve had skin to skin, and I got up and had a shower, had a Milo, had something to eat, and <laughs> then we went round to um, the postnatal ward. I think we got there around two in the uh, – maybe around one in the morning, and Steve headed home around 2 a.m., and I just chilled overnight. And um, we didn't tell Max in the morning. We sort of um, – Steve just said to him, oh, mum's gone off to see the midwife early, and um, he went off to daycare. We just sort of wanted to have a bit of time for mm. Steve to come back um, and get us packed up in the hospital and get home and settled before we had Max there. So yeah. – we ended up leaving the hospital around lunchtime, um, came home, and then a couple of hours later or an hour or so after getting home, Steve went and picked Max up and brought him home um, to meet his brother. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And how did that go? Yeah, great. Um, Max was at a really good age. Um, he mm. was nearly three. I think he was two years, ten months when Hugo yeah. arrived. So he understood a lot. Um, I had taken him out to buy the baby a present. So he gave Hugo, he went and got his jelly cat, like a jelly cat bunny and gave that to his brother. He was really excited Mm -hmm. to do that. And then um, we had got a couple of wee gifts for Max as well. Um, And he was, yeah, just at a really helpful age. He was quite Mm -hmm. independent in his own needs um, and loved a wee bit of responsibility. So he helped us. Um, we're changing nappies and bathing and we just let him hold him. And um, one thing I didn't do, like when they first met, I wasn't actually holding Hugo. I just had him down on the bed. Um, And so Max would come in and like give me a hug as well. It wasn't like I was holding the baby. Mm. Um, So yeah, Max was just fascinated with him. Absolutely Mm. loved him. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And how did you find adjusting to having two? Like, I just remember feeling so totally different the second time around, um, like as a mum, but also it's so different having two. So yeah. How did yeah. You find that? Um, well, I, I found like my milk came in quite quick this time. I think it was on the second night. And I remember that night my parents had come to meet um, Hugo and I was like, oh, I'm just going upstairs for a shower. And I just cried and cried and cried because I just actually wanted everyone to leave and go home so that I could just like snuggle the baby. Um, And I just felt bad that I wasn't now going to have all this time with Max. Mm. Um, But it definitely coincided with my milk coming in. I've often said to people, like, they ask what's harder, you know, the first, going from zero to one or one to two. I feel like first time round, having a baby is hard because you don't know mm. what you're doing. Everything's new. You kind of second guess yourself. Um, yeah, it, you just don't feel as confident. Whereas second time round, the baby's the easy part, you know, like you know what you're doing, you feel confident, um, things sort of come naturally. It's the juggle of two mm. and meeting everyone's needs that is difficult. Um, I found Max was great for the first probably four to six weeks and then he realised the baby was here to stay and he said, oh, <laughs> when's the baby going? And we, we just said, no, he's not going, he's here to stay. And he's like, oh. And then he became a bit naughty for a few weeks, you know, just trying to get out, not necessarily naughty, but he was just fighting for attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But once we got over that, we just continued to involve 
him in everything that we did and we tried not to make it all about the baby um and just made sure we still had time to spend with him and one of the biggest things this time for me was sort of to get into a routine quite quick so that I could spend that one-on-one time with Max Mm. while like Hugo would be down asleep and things like that yeah yeah um and yeah to be honest I actually probably found the first year of having two somewhat easier than the second year um the first year you've got a baby and that you can at least put down and they stay in one place. Mm. And so yes. <laughs> they're a bit yeah. more contained and you're only chasing one kid round. Whereas as soon as they sort of turn one and they're on the move, I really found the second year more of a juggle, I think. Mm. Um, having two kids on the go and um, they're very busy, active boys. And yeah. Um, yeah, I found probably that second year <laughs> even a bit more intense than the first Thanks for saying that, Courtney, because I'm right at the start of the second year now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, I just, I totally relate to that. Having yeah. Yeah, two on the move is a totally different ball game. Yeah, it's kind of nice yeah. being able to put the baby down and you know they're <laughs> content, yes. happy, safe in one space. But then when you've got them getting into everything and a, a toddler as well, um, yeah. yeah, it was definitely a juggle. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. amazing right. seeing their relationship. Um, yeah form and grow that's definitely the best part of it and I think that just um sort of strengthens as they get older the littlest sort of becomes more engaging and um Hugo definitely just admires Max um Mm -hmm. they're just the best of wee buds now which is great yeah yeah awesome very cool and is there anything you feel like we've missed in your story or yeah anything else that you want to add before we close um I don't think so. I kind of just wanted to, um, yeah, share my story um, because it might be a bit different having a first, a quick first labour um, yeah. and an even quicker second. Um, but it's really, I think, if you sort of mentally prepare yourself and one of my favourite um, affirmations that I always looked at was um, I trust my body and my baby. And that was something that I really felt like I had to do, particularly mm. in labor and birth, like really just go inside um, yeah. and listen and really feel what my body was doing. And I feel like um, just sort of breathing and only pushing when I felt those contractions and those urges and and having the sort of confidence to ease off and just let the baby go back up and then come back down slowly, I think definitely resulted in um, mm no tearing in either of the births which then obviously yeah. helped with a nice recovery um as well so I think um you just need to feel supported and in whatever choice you make and um I think all births are amazing and all women are incredible no matter how we get our babies here amen <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome well thank you so much Courtney for joining me on the podcast I've really loved speaking with you and yeah it's nice to hear um really positive births times two which is just amazing i know there'll be so many people that love your episode so thank you for joining me not a problem thank you so much for having me thanks so much for joining me listening to this week's episode of kiwi birth tales i hope you enjoyed it and i will be bringing you another birth story next week a reminder that this week's episode was brought to you by your birth project if you want to find out more about creating your best birth head to at your birth project on instagram or www.yourbirthproject.com. Talk to you next week. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.